Floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone. Give us a call right now because we are standing by to help you with your home improvement project, your do-it-yourself dilemma, whatever it takes to help you to get these projects done around your house because we know that you got a list. We've got a list. We're sure that you have a list. And I'm absolutely positive (laughs) that my wife has a list. And so we're willing to (laughs) help you out. Give us a call. The number is 1-888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. We've got a great show planned for you this hour. Coming up, we're going to talk to you a bit about this subject called Chinese drywall. Have you heard about this? It is a total fiasco. It's causing hundreds of homeowners major, major problems. The government is now recommending that homes with this drywall be completely gutted. Why? Because the stuff off-gasses, and it causes not only allergic reactions in people, but it actually deteriorates electrical components and plumbing components, basically making homes worthless. It's a horrible situation. We're going to get to the bottom of it in just a bit. And we're also going to tell you, if you are one of the unfortunate homeowners that have this, how to protect yourself from some of the fraud that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. And also ahead, you know, we've had a very wet spring across most of this country, and it's probably got a lot of you thinking about better ways to manage storm water runoff around your home. So we've got some great tips from the experts at this old house. We've got landscaping contractor Roger Cook joining us with some eco-friendly advice in just a bit. And do you know the most affordable way to increase your usable living space? Well, one idea is to simply build a deck. You know, outdoor living remains a huge trend right now and outdoor rooms are very very popular they're also a very valuable addition to Mm -hmm. homes we're seeing a lot of reaction in the real estate market to folks that are creating very nice attractive outdoor rooms so we're going to have some tips on how a smart investment in decking material will save you time and money in the long run and also add some value to your house. All right. And we've got a great prize this hour. We are giving away a whopper of a prize. Thanks to our friends at Lumber Liquidators, you could win a $1,000 gift certificate to Lumber Liquidators if we choose your name at random from one of our callers. So pick up the phone. Let's get to it. The number is one 888 888-666-3974. We're going to give away that $1,000 gift certificate to Lumber Liquidators to one caller that reaches us on today's show. You must have a home improvement question and be willing to come on the air and talk to us but really we're not that scary and we won't judge you so even if it's a dumb question it's okay the number is 1-888-MONEYPIT we will set you straight and get you on your way to a very successful home improvement project leslie who's first scott in alabama's calling in with a question about an attic fan what's going on well i wanted to know the wisdom of putting in one does it really make a difference on your utility uh, bills and everything and also is it better to have one that's electric or solar now why do you want to put in an attic fan scott is it because you have central air conditioning yes and you're looking to reduce attic temperatures to reduce those costs yes (laughs) well here's a surprise for you if you put in an attic fan you may very well increase your central air conditioning costs you know why why because those fans can be so strong that they depressurize the attic and then reach down deep into the living spaces of your house and pull out air-conditioned air. They'll find little gaps inside the walls where wires run and things like that, 
And it's been shown that using an attic fan can actually increase air conditioning costs. So an attic fan, I think, generally is a bad idea. You're almost always better off using passive ventilation, like a ridge vent, a soffit vent, that sort of thing, to reduce attic temperatures and not use an attic fan. The only time I would ever use an attic fan is if I had a roof that was unusually difficult to vent passively. For example, if you had a hip roof. Hip roofs are tight or tough. Those are the ones that sort of go up like a pyramid with a little flat part on top. Mm-hmm. Um, with a hip roof, you can only have a very narrow ridge vent. Situation like that, I may use an attic fan, but I'd make sure I have plenty of wide open soffit vents so that I make sure I'm not depressurizing my house. The house itself. But if you have your average sort of gable roof where you have a wide ridge and a nice soffit that overhangs, I would put a ridge vent and a soffit vent and let those work together to flush out the hot air in the summer and the cooler air in the winter. Well, I have ridge vents. That's the one on the top, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay, but do you have, have soffit those. vents? Do you have soffit vents at the overhang? Okay, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Well, that would be important to know because you want to have fully open soffits and fully open ridges and let those work together because what happens is air, as, as the wind moves over your house, it will be drawn out at the ridge vent and pushed in at the soffit vent, go up underside the roof sheathing and cool it in the summer and take the moisture and the cold air out in the winter. Okay, well, great. Well, thanks so much. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, get ready and get excited because Memorial Day weekend is knocking on our doors. So we want to help you keep your Money Pit in tip-top shape for your big summer kickoff weekend. So give us a call 24 hours a day, seven days a week at one eight 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 Money Pit. 888-666-3974. Up next, you know, it's often said when you eat Chinese food, Leslie, you get hungry pretty quickly later, right? <laughs> yes. Well, apparently that is also the fact for thousands of unfortunate homeowners who purchased homes built with Chinese-made drywall as the U.S. government is now telling them to gut their homes from Man. this toxic wall to get it out. And that's leaving them very, very hungry for a place that they can really call home. Once again, we'll have all the details next. You're in a money pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Thermatrue Doors, the nation's leading manufacturer of fiberglass entry and patio door systems. Thermatrue doors are Energy Star qualified and provide up to five times the insulation of a wood door. To learn more, visit Thermatrue.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at MoneyPit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you should give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT because, first of all, you're going to get an answer to your home improvement question. But secondly, we are giving away a huge prize this hour. We have got up for grabs a $1,000 gift certificate to Lumber Liquidators. And that's enough to redo the floor in at least one room of your house. Now, Lumbered Liquidators carries everything from hardwood to engineered wood, green flooring options, laminates, you name it, and they've got it. And you know what? They've got stores in nearly every state in the union, and they ship 
anywhere. Lumber liquidators, hardwood floors for less, and it's a great improvement that you can make. You want to call 1-800-HARDWOOD for the location nearest you, and the number for your chance to win is 1-888-MONEYPIT. What a great prize. 888-666-3974. Give us a call right now with your home improvement question. Well, the U.S. government is now issuing a call to homeowners that own homes constructed with Chinese drywall, and they are telling them to completely gut these homes to remove all of this Chinese drywall. We've been following this story for you since we first learned about Chinese-made drywall that came onto the market in the country during the building boom after hurricanes Katrina and Rita. And essentially what happens with this stuff is it off-gasses, it smells, and it corrodes your home's copper pipes, plumbing fixtures, exposed electrical wires, light switches. It's a real, real disaster. It, it smells a bit like rotten eggs and uh, you know, or matches or, or fireworks. And when this odor gets out in the air, it makes people really sick. And the corrosion can actually be dangerous because it could you know, cause your electrical components to fail. The investigation that the CPSC has done on this has been one of the most extensive investigations that they've ever ever done in this country and and the unfortunate result is it can't be fixed this stuff has got to be pulled out of the house if it exists so right now you've got a lot of scam contractors out there that are you know trying to uh tell different stories and concoct different reasons and you know trying to get the work for replacing the drywall uh but you need to really be careful with with who you hire whenever you have any kind of a of a concern Mm -hmm. like this now if you're wondering you know how do you tell if you've got uh, Chinese-made drywall, well, a thorough inspection by someone like a professional home inspector or an engineer could tell you. But if you can look on the back, any place where the, where the drywall is exposed from the back uh, and look to see if it's stamped made in China, that's a pretty good indication right there. Now, there's a tremendous wealth of information on the Consumer Product Safety Commission website about this. So I would suggest that you check that out as your, your first step. And again, watch out for the scam contractors out there because according to the FTC, an entire industry of phony drywall testers, phony drywall inspectors, and quick fix contractors have popped up. And the FTC is warning homeowners to be very, very aware and very, very diligent to not get taken by these folks. Yeah, if you want to be smart about how to take care of this and you're looking for some more tips on Chinese drywall or even to just follow the ongoing investigation, because it's certainly interesting. I mean, it really is a fascinating story. You can visit the Federal Drywall Information Center at www.cpsc.gov slash info slash drywall. Or you can check out Tom's recent blog at moneypit.com, which has all the links right there for you. You know, it really is an interesting developing story. So do pay attention, especially if you think you might have some in your house. This could potentially be the largest recall. How amazing. You know, of anything that we've seen in the home building industry in in many, many years. So an important story that we're following. uh, And we hope that certainly it doesn't affect you. If it does, give us a call. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. And we'll see what else we can do to help you out. Leslie, who's next? Julian in Louisiana needs help with some siding. What can we do for you today? Yes, ma'am. Uh, I was calling to find out the, what's, what's the best type of product or what can I use to, to clean my vinyl siding. Well, what's going on with the vinyl siding? Is it uh, covered with moss? Uh, I've been having it on for over a year now, and I just want to do a little spring clean on it, kind mm-hmm. of get it back looking new again. Well, I'll tell you, OxyClean's probably a good choice. Mm-hmm. And I heard something, uh, some guy told me something about Murphy's Oil Soap. You make a you know, mixture of water and spray it on and 
Well, I'm not aware of that for vinyl siding, but usually there's a, there are various types of house wash products. Because what gets on vinyl siding is you get dust and dirt and pollution from the air. You get sometimes you get moss uh, that will stick to it or mildew. And usually an oxygenated bleach works very well like OxyClean or a product like Jomax. And you want to uh, saturate it. Let it sit for a few minutes and then gently rinse it off. You don't want if you use a pressure washer, that's okay. That'll save some time, but don't go too stiff on the pressure, or you can actually poke some holes in it. So the OxyClean, you, you mix the OxyClean uh, um, with water and, and yep. use that as like a washing or scrubbing compound. That's correct. Mm-hmm. And if you have a if you have a pressure washer, there are also special detergents that work with the machines to to clean siding. So if you have one or you rent one, um, that's another way to go as well. Okay, great. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Ooh, Beverly in Delaware is having some issues with a contractor. How can we help you? Hey, love your show. Thanks, Thank Beverly. Listen to it every Saturday on WDEL in Wilmington. All right. Um, I hired a contractor. He started the job, did it halfway, took my money, and left. And I oh, have no sense. The problem is my mom is 87, is moving in, and I have a half of a shower, walk-in shower, four-by-four, and the plan was to put glass blocks from the top of the um, tiled wall to the ceiling. Is that something I can do myself to finish it off, or do I have to hire someone? Glass blocks are a little bit tricky because it's kind of like setting brick. I mean, you have to have a mortar... And then you stack them up one at a time, and that's actually what makes the you know makes the wall. So you have to do it one on top of another on top of the other. Plus, you have to be able to to uh, make sure that the sizing works out right because you can't end up with half a glass block because you can't cut them. Right. Any special way to cut them if I have to cut them? No. Actually, what you want to do is design it so that you don't have to cut them and buy the right size pieces. Okay. Now, let me ask you about this contractor that took off halfway through. Right. So... Why don't you go to the police and say and file a theft charge against them? Well, I've been trying to deal with the attorney general's office on the consumer protection, and right. I'm playing phone tag, and so that was my next step because um, I just get um, voicemails and no one's really helping me. Did even you though- pay them, and so that basically they took your money and ran? Right, I paid him in increments as a part of the job was done, the demolition, the drywall, the you know, the painting, the right. whatever. And so and then I paid them to um order my doors and windows. I finally took advantage of the tax rebate this year. Right. And I was going to get a Thermatrue door cuz I've heard you guys talk about it so much. So I had to give them the money to get the windows and doors and of course I don't have any of that either. Oh my god, he didn't even uh, order them for you. Well, listen, if the contractor has acted in a fraudulent way like that, you can file a theft charge against them. I would check with your attorney, but generally you can go to the police department and if they essentially take your money and run like this guy did, that's stealing. That's not something that that you know, you have to necessarily go after them civilly for. You can go after them criminally. And you'll find that even the sleaziest contractors, I think that there's a chance they're going to get a criminal uh, a, a criminal complaint on their record. They may settle up with you. So I, I think you can do both at the same time. But, you know, obviously check with your own lawyer. I can't give you legal advice, but I've done it here. And I tell you, it works. It works well. So I can go to the police department and start there? Yeah, go to the police okay. department and try to file a theft complaint. They basically took your money and ran. Right. That's theft. Yes. Right? That's not a contract dispute. It's not like, you know, they built it, you didn't like the way it came out. They, they charged you for money. something. They stole your money. There's no difference between that and somebody, you know. Walking up to you and taking your purse. Exactly. Okay. All right? 
I appreciate it greatly. Keep up the good work. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. That's so crazy. I feel like it's the one arena where people are like, "Oh, well, I took my money. I'm kind of screwed." It's like, no, you can do something about this. Exactly. You're not screwed. Frank in North Carolina is dealing with carpenter bees. Tell us about the problem. Well, I was walking around outside the side of my house one uh, one afternoon, and all of a sudden, I was buzzed by about six <laughs> or seven of these. Uh, Giant they monsters? Like, yeah, giant. <laughs> they're like low-flying attack helicopters, aren't they? Attack helicopters, and they're, I don't know, some people said they really are bumblebees, but I call them carpenter bees. Yeah. Well, and the carpenter bee has like the black bottom, correct, Tom? Yeah, and you know, the thing is, you know why they're so aggressive? Because they can't bite. They can't bite? They can't mm-hmm. sting you, no. So they never, they've never stung me. And I, right, they I've, can't. They're physically unable to do that, so they just kind of freak you out by like flying around your face. Uh, what they'll do is they'll drill up into the fascia and the soffits and the softwood around the house, and they'll go in across the grain. Then they'll go with the grain, sort of deep in for a few inches, and lay eggs. And they're they're they can be tough. You know, we've had carpenter bees on on fascia uh, areas around my house. We and have much soffits all the time. And eventually, I just tore out the wood fascia and replaced it with Azek, which is a PVC extruded PVC trim product. A Z E K. It looks just like one by six wood fascia, but it's made out of plastic and it's incredibly durable stuff. And they Not don't that like expensive. to eat it. They hate it. Yeah. When I first put it up, the bees would swarm around it, like, and I could just see that they're going. Hmm, looks like wood. Doesn't <laughs> taste like wood. <laughs> it must not be wood. Yeah. So I mean, you can you can treat them, you can spray for them, but they end up coming back every year. So I just gave up and just went with the ASAC, and it worked great. Well, thank you very much for your help. You're welcome, Frank. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, water, water, it's everywhere. It has certainly been a wet spring, but your Money Pit doesn't have to be. If it seems like your house is a little damp, you might be looking to make some changes to your home's drainage. We're going to tell you exactly what to do next. On the Money Pit Radio Show, pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Got a question. Do you have the ugliest door in America? If you think you do, you could win a makeover by entering the Ugly Door Contest. That's being run by the folks at Thermatru. All you got to do is go to myuglydoor.com for a chance to win a makeover worth up to 5000 bucks. If you win, Thermatrue will come in and totally replace your entryway. And i got to tell you, their entryways really rock. They're just They're so gorgeous. beautiful. You should have seen the one. Well, actually, go to the website. Go to myuglydoor.com and look at the one they did last year. Oh, those doors and were such disasters. It's always totally... excellent to sort of see what kind of doors. And it can be a front door. It can be a patio door. And you should see some of these disasters that get entered in each year. And they did a one-day makeover, Leslie. And they sent a picture um, over to us to put up on the website. And they said, you know, the background's a little dark. They're like, yeah, it was a long day. 
<laughs> it was night by the time they finished the makeover, but it, it looked fantastic. So check it out. And really, if uh, you have an ugly door, they're giving away, I think they're doing two, two giveaways, so one for a, a patio and one for an entry door. You can enter by video or you can enter by sending in a photo with a description of why you think you have the ugliest door in America. And then America gets to vote on it. And uh, if you win, you could win this entryway worth up to 5000 bucks. So check it out. Contest runs now through July 2nd at MyUglyDoor.com. All right. Now we've got Joe in Massachusetts who is finding some cracks in the foundation. Tell us about the problem. No, I just, uh, what I'd like to know is I do have some cracks in my foundation that they're not major, but I did put on a, uh, a two-car garage and also a, uh, a Florida room on my, on my house. And I was wondering about uh, cracks in the foundation. Well, if you added laterally to the house, in other words, you didn't put a second story on or something like that, no. I doubt that the, you know, adding the garage on or the Florida room caused these cracks to occur. Uh, yeah. Cracks do form over time in masonry foundations, usually because moisture gets in there, Joe, and the foundations will either expand and crack, or if you have a lot of water that pulls around the foundation area, you can get some settlement. So if these are minor cracks, uh, are they? would you consider them hairline? Right, exactly. Well, if they're minor cracks, then it's very, very typical of you to have those in foundations. Um, if sometimes you can, they crack so much that you can see through them, perhaps if it's part of the wall that goes through the other side of the garage or something of that nature, you could always caulk them with a silicone caulk. But minor foundation cracks are pretty typical and not much to worry about. Well, the early part of this spring was so wet. I mean, we heard about widespread flooding pretty much from every part of the country. It was quite a mess, uh, certainly in the East Coast and in many other areas as well. And it all comes down to how do you handle all that water runoff to get some tips so it doesn't happen again. It's our friend Kevin O'Connor and landscaping expert Roger Cook from this old house. And guys, around a house, all that water can add up quite quickly. That's right. During a heavy rain, your roof, your driveway, your walkways, they can all channel that rainwater into a concentrated torrent of water. And managing the runoff, well, it can be a real challenge. It's not good for your yard, and cities and towns, they want to manage the stormwater in an environmentally responsible way. That's right. For homeowners, it's so important to keep that water away from their foundation, where invariably it'll end up in their cellar. For municipalities, it's important to keep stormwater out of the sewer system. Most homeowners just extend their gutters downspouts away from the side of the house and let the water run away, causing some erosion. A better solution is to use a dry well to disperse water into the ground. Or use a rain barrel or cistern to collect gray water that you can later use to irrigate the landscape. A rain garden's a pretty good idea. You've done that a number of times. A rain garden is a great idea. It's nothing more than a shallow swale that's vegetated. The water runs in, slowly percolates down into the ground, and doesn't cause any runoff. And you can watch a step-by-step video on how to build a rain garden on thisoldhouse.com. Now, what makes a rain garden? Rain. Rain. (laughs) And a garden. What's different about a rain garden compared to other types of gardens? A rain garden is designed with specific plants that will tolerate wet and dry conditions because you're going to have a fluctuation as the water comes in and then slowly goes down into the ground. But those plants also clean that water so there's no pollutants getting into the ground. A very natural way to to filter the water and to make sure it doesn't erode the soil or end up in your basement. Think of it as sort of a mini wetlands. Makes sense. Roger Cook, thanks for stopping by the Money Pit. And Kevin, you too. 
It's oh, been fun. Pleasure. Great tips, guys. You know, and after all that rain we had this spring, those ideas will really help a lot of people, I'm sure. Absolutely. And for more great ideas, you can watch Kevin and Roger each week on TV's This Old House. This Old House is brought to you by Cub Cadet. Cub Cadet, you can't get any better. Still ahead, we've got an affordable way to increase usable space at your house without adding an addition. How are we going to do that? By creating a gorgeous outdoor room. Learn how next. It is brought to you by Generac and the Generac Automatic Standby Generator. Be protected and never worry about power outages again. Visit your favorite home improvement center or call 888-GENERAC or visit generac.com. Your home will stay on the next time the power goes out. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. If you do, you're going to get the answer to your home improvement question and a chance at winning a great prize because this hour we're giving away a $1,000 gift certificate to Lumber Liquidators. And that's enough to redo the floors in at least one room of your house. Lumber Liquidators carries everything from hardwood to engineered wood, green flooring options, laminates, you name it, they've got it. What a great source for flooring for your home. They've got stores in nearly every state in the union, and they ship anywhere. Lumber liquidators, hardwood floors for less. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. Call us right now with your home improvement question for your chance to win. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, adding great flooring certainly is a valuable addition to your home. And another thing that can really enhance your home's value is adding a deck. In fact, building a deck is probably the most affordable way to increase living space without building an actual addition. And outdoor rooms are hugely popular and very valuable as well. So when you're thinking about what material you want to use to build your deck, I personally would highly recommend composite decking. You know, after years of having to clean and re finish our beach house's deck, we finally decided to go with composite decking, and now it is virtually maintenance-free. A good cleaning is all it needs. In fact, I just gave our summer home its first cleaning of the season, and we use the product from our sponsor, Fiberon, and the cool thing about it is that all of the surface material is non-organic, so there is nothing there for mildew or mold to take a hold on. Also, they've got some great new designs that make it look and even feel just like real wood. I mean, it is absolutely gorgeous. Now, Fiberon has an amazing Amazing Horizons line. It's got several tropical wood colors that are just gorgeous, truly beautiful. Absolutely. And in fact, Fiberon has the most resilient surface material available for total stain, fade, and mold resistance. In fact, they back it up uh, with the industry's first 20 year stain and fade warranty. If you want more information, visit fiberondecking.com. I got to tell you, Leslie and I have both used this product. We love it. You will love it too. 888 666 3974. Call us right now with your home improvement question. We are here to help. Who's next? Now we're going to talk to Messy Tiffany in North Carolina who spilled some paint on a hardwood floor. Did you do it or did a pro? I did, and I really had the plastic down, but I didn't have it taped down. So when ladders were picked up and slid across the floor to another right. location, it kind of tracked the paint on the floor, too. Oh, boy. And it gets really slippery, so you have to be careful. Yes, and they had just been redone. It was a 1950s house, and the previous owner had just finished them just for the sale of it. And 
Um, I did find something that took the paint off real quick was an SOS pad, and it also takes the shine off really quick. Yeah, steel wool was probably not the best choice for that. No. And I want to know, what can I do to get the paint off, and what can I do to replace the shine that I took off from the SOS pad? Well, you've already abraded part of the surface off now. You're not going to get the shine back without you doing like a hard paste wax or another coat of polyurethane. Now, okay. Probably the easiest way to do this is, uh, and it's a big job, I mean, don't get me wrong, but if you were, were to rent a floor sander with a sanding screen, it sort of looks like a window screen-like material. It's uh, somewhat abrasive, and it spins under the floor sander, and it abrades off the top layer of the finish on the floor. That will take all the paint off that's stuck to it. I mean, the fact that they just refinished these floors can actually work in your favor because at least the paint's not getting into the, the pores of the wood. And then once you get that paint off, you, you vacuum the floor, you can damp off it to get all the dust off. And then what you can do is apply another layer of polyurethane, probably a satin finish. And you want to make sure that you apply that with what's called a lamb's wool applicator, which is sort of like a pad, like wrapped under a flat stick that uh, is attached to like a mop. And mm -hmm. you actually mop this stuff on. You don't brush it on or roll it on. Sort of mop it on, work your way out of that room. And, you know, about four or five hours later, you'll be done. Very good. I think I can handle it. All right. Get to it. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. And next time, use a bigger drop cloth, would you? <laughs> Mike in Illinois, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Um, I got a 12 by 24 patio deck, and it's concrete. And I got a dip in the middle that's like 3 foot by 6 foot that, that's got a dip in it that holds water. And I like to see how to eliminate that before I can put carpet over it. Why do you want, Why to, put would you want to put carpet on the concrete? Well, outdoor carpet. Still, why? <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know. That's just what they want to do. So, <laughs> Is this your wife or something that wants to do this? No, my neighbor. Oh, your neighbor. Okay. Yes. Well, we would try to talk you out of it because okay. once you put down outdoor carpet, it's hard to get back up. And yeah. It, you know, You're going to have to look use like glue. It's not going to be pretty unless you go totally crazy and go like electric blue, but I wouldn't do it. I mean, first of all, let's fix the dip in it. That can be easily done with an epoxy patching compound. You can get one from a website called abitron.com, and you want to make sure that you use epoxy because you want it to stick to the concrete. Now, if you insist on using an outdoor rug, please, please, please do not glue one down permanently because someday you're going to want this off and there's going to be glue and it's going to be a mess, and it's just going to be horrible. Yeah, there, like next year. Oh, like next week. <laughs> um, there is a company called Floor, F-L-O-R, and they make carpet tiles that you can sort of stick together and just throw outside. Um, and they have a whole exterior line, and there's one, oh gosh, it's got a crazy name. If you go to their website and just look up outdoor carpets, you'll find a whole bunch of different ideas. But they have one that's sort of like... It has like big circles cut out of it. It almost looks like Swiss cheese and it's kind of modern and it's kind of fun. I think if you're going to be cheeky and make a design choice with it and make it removable, then fine. But don't, I would not install carpet on concrete. Yeah, there's some other things that you can do. You could use epoxy paint, which gives very good uh, adhesion to concrete surfaces. You could do a painted rug using stenciling, which can be quite attractive. But I don't think you want to go wall-to-wall -wall outdoor mm -hmm. carpet. That would be a bad idea. So uh, hopefully we've talked you out of that. But in terms of the, the dip, no problem. Just use an epoxy patching compound. That will fix it the proper way. Okie dokie. 
I appreciate it, and thank you very you're, much. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, since the weather is warmer, we're all outside enjoying our yard, and maybe you're reaching for that garden hose for the first time this season, and perhaps it's looking a little worse for the wear. It's all wrinkled and kinky and pointing in a lot of different directions, and you think, well, perhaps I should buy a new one. Well, there's a lot of options out there, but a hose is a hose, right? Not so much. We're going to tell you why some are better than others next. Money Pit! This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by Bear Premium Exterior Weatherproofing Wood Stains and Finishes with an advanced 100% acrylic resin to protect deck, siding, and fences from sun, rain, snow, and ice. The line offers long-lasting beauty and excellent durability. For more information, visit bear.com. That's B-E-H-R.com. Bear products are available exclusively at the Home Depot. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now with your home improvement question, your do-it-yourself dilemma at one eight 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 Money Pit. We'd also love if you would follow us on Facebook. Just simply text fan the Money Pit to F Book at 32665 and you'll be instantly added as a fan. That's right. And while you're snooping around online, you can email us a question by heading on over to moneypit.com and just clicking on the Ask Tom and Leslie icon. And we always jump into our email bag. And I have one here from Sarah who writes, can you please advise me about garden hoses? We use a garden hose to water our dog in our garden. I have recently found out that many contain lead and could be harmful. Which would be the best lead-free hose? We're looking for the best commercial-grade kink-free hose in about 100-foot length. Where can I get one? And we are out of luck locally for anything but flimsy, cheap, grade hoses. Yeah, I've heard about this. Some of the hoses you should not be, you know, drinking from or using to put in like kids' pools because of what they're lined with. Well, that's true. And you do need to look for a lead-free hose and they certainly are out there. But for the most part, the best way to avoid lead exposure is to just not drink from the hose. I mean, I know that we have all done it growing up, but it's a really bad idea because garden hose is simply not the same quality material as plumbing pipe. Mm -hmm. And plumbing pipe is designed today to be lead-free. Garden hose, not always, not to mention the other chemicals that are in there. And you know, if the hose is left out in the sun, as it so often is, and heats up, you get more uh, off-gassing or you know, exposure of the chemicals that can get into the water. So that's just a really bad idea. But, you know, what you need to do here, first of all, always read the label. Secondly, always let it run. You know, especially if you're washing your pet. Of course, you don't want to expose your pet to lead. Let the water run just like you would inside the house. Uh, And also, if the hose has been sitting out in the sunlight, that's really important to let it run because, of course, it gets super, super hot. So avoid the sun. Read the label. Always buy lead-free hoses. And uh, just don't drink from the hose. Mm -hmm. You'll be safe. All right, now we've got one from Chuck in New Jersey who writes, Is there an energy-efficient way I should use my AC this summer? I try to avoid using the AC until the hottest days, and then I often shut it off and open the windows at night when the temperature drops. Should I just leave it on continuously and let it cycle off and on 24 hours during the hottest days of summer, or does turning it off at night actually save some energy? That's a good question because the problem with air conditioning is that everything that's inside your house, from the carpet to the walls to the furniture or the appliances, Uh, either contains heat or generates heat. And so when you leave the air conditioner completely off, it takes a certain amount of time 
for to it get to that kind heat of out, right? overcome all the residual heat that's in the house. So I think the best way to save money on it is, is first of all, don't forget about energy efficiency with the entire house because homes that are drafting in the winter are also drafting in the summer. So make sure your house is as energy efficient as possible. Secondly, use a clock setback thermostat. I think it's fine to turn it up at night, but I wouldn't turn it completely off. Now, the one time I might do something a bit different is if I have a whole house fan. In the early part of the warmer weather, like right now, it's a great time if you have a whole house fan because you can run that fan for an hour or two at night when you go to bed and it pulls some air through the house. Uh, and it's great now. It's also great at the end of the season, say like early September. And that can actually cut back on your cooling costs. But in the heat of the summer, I would definitely use a clock setback thermostat and run the AC all the time. And, you know, I think it's important if you have a whole house fan and you also have an air conditioning system, don't put on the AC and then crank on the whole house fan. <laughs> that would be bad. Gonna, you're just going <laughs> to suck all that cool air that you're paying for right out the top of your house. Exactly. You know, Tom, I think there's a lot of confusion between whole house fans and attic fans, right? Yeah, absolutely. The attic fan is the small fan that's in just your attic and just sort of pulls the hot air out of the attic. And that's bad for a whole host of reasons. But the whole house fan fits on the ceiling of the second floor or the first floor, pulls the air up into the attic and exhausts it outside, not to be confused with an attic fan. All right. And I hope that information helps you have a nice, cool summer. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. The show continues online at moneypit.com. 24-7, you can pick up the phone and call us with your home improvement question at 1-888-MONEYPIT. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a Money Pit.